The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he needs to work on his painting. Welcome, Jacob. It is the way. <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who uh, just, needs to get, just needs to get rid of some pesky furballs in order to become a millionaire. Welcome, Drew. Unfortunately, being a millionaire doesn't go as far nowadays as it used to. That is so true. Anyway, <laughs> trivia for tonight before we get into our normal stuff here. Uh, while they were recording audio for the Aristocats, what TV show were Ava Gabor and Pat Buttram both starring in? I think I saw this earlier, but I don't remember. You don't remember. Did you ever watch? Well, the answer is Green Acres. Oh, a show I never watched. That would be why you didn't recognize it. Exactly. When you get a chance, it's one I suggest. It's a very okay. well-made show. Got it. But uh, this was actually guessed by a number of people correctly, including... Dallas of Geek Devotions. Nice. Uh, Artsy Steph. Uh, your cousin Josh. Nice. My mom, who said, duh. <laughs> and Paul J. Powers, who literally posted the theme song on the thing. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Paul J. Powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would do that. Kind of killing time for the music to stop. I can play the next thing. Well, actually, that can, I can go on. How are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm actually doing very well. Uh, I'm actually on vacation. Um, I'm trying. Uh, well, let me explain. Be like, I'm trying to burn through, burn. I'm uh, trying to use up my remaining hours. Mm -hmm. And ever since my my hire date, which will be 21 years of the company I've worked for, uh, will expire by the by about the middle of this month. So I decided to just get out of the way. And plus, it helps me kind of just relax and not have to worry about work and all the stuff that goes on at work. But uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, hopeful, uh, I know I'm going to go have lunch with my girlfriend. And then I think I'm going to have lunch with my parents and my girlfriend on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty full week. Interesting. So, how about you? I had a decent week. Yeah. Uh, had a nice long weekend off. Mm-hmm. And saw a movie. Oh, we'll talk yeah. about later. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we hung out with some our good friends over Geek Devotions. Yes, we did. Uh, Dallas and Celeste came mm -hmm. over all the way over here to uh, get away for Celeste's birthday. Happy birthday, okay. Celeste! Yes, which was an amazing. Oh yeah, my gosh, we had, I haven't a, laughed we that had long. a great time. Have not laughed that much in so long. But yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty good week. That's good. So, uh, Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? Nice. Uh, so, I, I uh, where do I start? Uh, so, we watched, so, to go back to Sunday, to go back to last Sunday, or this previous Sunday, uh, we were, I think it was, well, we, what was it, Friday or Sunday? I can't remember which. Are we talking about this last previous weekend? Is it yeah, two days this, ago? Yeah, this previous weekend. Friday, we were hanging out with Dallas and Celeste. So that that's wasn't right. It. That's right. That's right. Because so I'm, it had to have been Sunday. Yeah, because I'm, I'm getting uh, events mixed up. 
So Sunday, Sunday we're hanging out and uh, we wound up watching Psych of all yes. shows. Lovely which, show. I love this yeah, show. So I've, I've in previous be like I'd only seen like probably you know, like snippets and probably half an episode mm-hmm. and not getting what's going on. So like we watched like two episodes. Yes, which was. We watched the pilot and Spelling Bee, where Spelling Bee was misspelled, Mm -hmm. the title. (laughs) Yeah, overall, great series. I'm going to add it to my queue on, I think it's on Netflix, I think. It's in a lot of different places. I believe it's actually still free on Peacock. Ah, okay. Including the movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. There's like two two movies, I think, and a third one is in development. I think. It's been a while since I looked into it. Ah. So yeah, watch that. Uh, I'm planning to watch more, uh, a lot with the other stuff I'm, you know, watching. Right. Uh, so, and then yesterday, yesterday I got off work, and obviously everybody knows Top Gun, Ma- Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick came out over the weekend, mm-hmm. I believe. And so I went and watched it after work, and oh my gosh, such an amazing cinematic just masterpiece oh a movie that takes so much nostalgia cues from the original and just amps it up you know pushes into uh pushing the overdrive right and just be like it's a very well-told story it's one of those movies that makes you laugh it makes you cry it makes you pushes you to the to the edge of your seat and pushes you back into the seat Mm -hmm. with just how amazingly well done this movie is and I think Tom Cruise is at his at top of his game in this movie. As one reviewer said, be like, he's probably one of the last uh, true uh, Hollywood stars out there, which I would somewhat agree with and highly be like, it's debatable. Yeah. But uh, overall, I really highly enjoyed this film. I'm, I would hopefully go see it again. I would definitely be picking this up when it comes to uh, the physical format. Uh, so, so while I'm off, this is my first off, first day off for my vacation. So uh, my dear friend has been pushing me and pushing me in a very friendly Christian way to watch complete Mandalorian season two. Like, I would like to point out that he had a chance to do this two <laughs> years ago. Yes. When we were met at our friend Chase's house. Yes. And we went through the whole season in one night but somebody decided he was tired i was tired not tired enough (laughs) Uh, so either and now you gotta watch through book of fett i do because you'll need to watch that before mandalorian season three i'm not surprised (laughs) that that is that is on the agenda for this week okay okay so i watched all the way through season i mean the whole thing is grogu and friends if we're being honest apparently it's what i keep hearing so I finished season two of the Mandalorian. Very well done story. Uh, like always, when it comes to these, you know, newer Disney films or Disney TV series that Disney Marvel, uh, yes, is pushing Lucas, out. Lucas Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm was doing, and just incredible. But like, you have a story where season two is. If you haven't seen Mandalorian season two or one, go watch it. It's on Disney Plus. Go mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, definitely be like, yeah, it's just good storytelling. It's sci-fi Western pretty much. Yeah. And season two is very much about the father son relationship between who we now know as Grogu and Mando. And it's just very well done. And the ending's just like, oh, okay, I expected it, but I didn't expect that in that manner. And it was like, okay, that's cool. 
I like to point out that while no one's really happy with the name Grogu, yeah, we've a lot of people have just come to accept Grogu's name, yeah, instead of just calling him Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda really wasn't a name, right? You realize everyone still calls him Mando, even though we know his name. Yeah, what is his name? I had to ask you, Jin Jaren, I think Jin- I-, I could be wrong because the name just goes like, oh yeah, they did say us his name. It's Mando. It's Mando. Yeah. So I watched oh, that. I know him as. Watch that, and hopefully this week I'll start uh, um, watching uh, the book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I always butcher that. Now, now, here's, here, here is my explanation. Here's my. Expl- I, I, I know. I know. No, no, no. The funny part with what you just said was, you went from Bobo to Bubba, and then you combined them to make Boba. That's what was funny. So here, here's my explanation why I've always said Boba Fett. So when I was younger, younger, when I started watching Star Wars, I'm watching Star Wars uh, episode six, uh, the R- Return of the Jedi. It's where uh, Boba Hansel- Fett dies. Yes, basically. So it's except it's, doesn't except he. D- That's not a spoiler. I know it's not a spoiler. Mando. Yes, I know this. Uh, so watching watching this movie and where. Um, Han Solo, he's hanging over the bars. He's trying to help his friend. And Chewie says something like, Boba Fett, where? He turns around, knocks Boba Fett off the, off the barge, and he goes into the Sarlacc pit. And so when I was younger, I you heard, heard Bubba. I heard Boba Fett. And I've always called it Boba Fett. It's all to meet this wonderful gentleman. He's like, no, it's Boba Fett. It's because I find it fun <laughs> to correct your incorrect pronunciations of things. <laughs> So yes, that's where it comes from, Boba Fett. <laughs> I, I I literally have to mentally check myself when I say Boba Fett. Right. Uh, so yes, I liked how you actually quoted Han Solo's line correctly. Yes. Even though you actually called him Boba Fett as the way Han Solo calls him Boba Fett. But for but some then reason, you, then immediately after that, he says Boba Fett. <laughs> something both wrong and right about this whole thing i don't know when i, I was younger i, I heard I, bubba fett i still when, when you say bubba fett i just imagine oh god the whole armor but instead of it being you know him being nice and slim he's just got a big pot belly and he's wearing a trucker's cap yeah that's what i'm saying oh my gosh and you can't see it underneath the helmet because no, he's, he's got the helmet on but you know he's got that long piece of straw coming out <laughs> It's sticking out underneath the uh, the yeah, helmets. Exactly. That's just what's on my mind <laughs> every time you say Bubba Fett. Sheesh. Better than some Bubba things I've heard, but we are not going there, there tonight. Right. Oh, my gosh. So either or, I am planning to watch the, the book of Bubba. Bub- I'm saying it wrong again. Go figure. Just say Book of Fett. Book of Fett. I'm, I'm going to watch the Book of Fett. In fact, I think that's what it's actually called. The Book of Fett, not the Book of Boba Fett. Mm, either or. Either or. Before Drew has a shark or something over here for me saying something, wrong. it doesn't matter <laughs> either or. So, uh, so I'm getting my notes done. I'm almost done with uh, Mandalorian season two. I'm at like the the last episode, and it's okay. I get my notes done. So I'm getting my notes done. I, I turn on. Oh, what was it? I had it. Lumos, Deedlet. Thank you. 
So I turn on Spider-Man, the uh, the animated series from the 90s. It's on Disney. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's cheesy as all out. <laughs> uh, the, the one episode I... No, two episodes I watched. Right. Yeah, it's it's still it's good, but it's still like you see, you see all the 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 like the the imperfections and the animation the whole bit, but it's still good. It's still very good. And so then I finish uh, Mandalorian season two, and be like, okay, something to unwind, just have fun with it. And so I, pl- I plug in Darkwing Duck because you can't go wrong. Yeah, with let's Darkwing get Duck. dangerous. Exactly. And um, yeah, and then, and then I, something slipped your mind yeah, that we'll so, have, have to come back to later. Yeah, something you know very long and blonde slip my mind <laughs> i'm sure your girlfriend loves to know you watch something with a person with long blonde hair in it i don't think the correlation's applied yet <laughs> anyway anyways i think i stuck my foot in my mouth <laughs> i feel like i did but either or uh so what have you been watching what have i been watching well like you i saw top gear Top Maverick. Gear? Top Gear. I, I'm combining <laughs> shows with movies. Top Gun, uh, Thank Maverick. you. But now I want to see Top Gear, Maverick. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a TV show I combined with that about cars. Yeah. Top Gun, Maverick. Yes. I did watch that. Mm. I enjoyed that. I. This is going to sound strange. I didn't like the ending. Really? We'll talk about it after we hit stop all right after the show yeah because i don't want to spoil anything but i think the ending would have been more powerful if something else had happened and we'll talk about that okay in a minute or later yeah but anyway also like you said we watched psych mm-hmm. um something about an anime you've been watching recently oh i watched been watching two different anime yeah, i know We'll go with the simple one first. Love after uh, love before. Uh, mm. I'm not the only love one. Love after you. world domination. Yeah, which I've talked about before. I watched the newest episode. It was the beach episode. And what for those who have missed these episodes? What uh, me talking about this show? It's essentially Power Rangers, Romeo and Juliet, basically. Except I don't know if it's going to have the same tragic ending. And this was the the typical beach episode that comes up with that. And it was actually done very well. And then of course I've been watching what has to be the biggest breakout hit of the end of this anime season. Spy family. Yeah. You've not been watching, keeping up with that. Have no, you? I have not. It's on Hulu. Ah, so you don't have to wait on me or chase to get around to it. Okay. And I do suggest keep going because the last couple episodes have been good. Oh, okay. And I decided, um, I didn't want to wait on the English dubs as often anymore, so I've gone back and actually watched through all of the Japanese subtitles once, too. Wow. And I'm actually up to date with Japan right now. Wow. And what happened in this last episode involving yours brother, you know, the mother, Mm. was quite interesting. Oh, okay. It, It... Let's just say... The uh, oh, what a tangled web we le- weave when first we practice to deceive. Because mm. there's a lot of deception yeah. going along, and it's getting more and more tangled. And I don't mean in a long blonde sort of way. Hey. <laughs> uh, other than that, 
I have been watching through X Men. I'm. I think I've, I've talked about that before. I'm, I'm just starting season two. Oh, X Men the animated series. Yeah, X Men the animated series. Okay. Sorry. Um, been watching uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. That's been good so nice. far. And a lot of YouTube videos that I can't remember what they are at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've been watching. And gaming wise, I have been playing. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Okay. That's a pretty fun game. Awesome. We may have to do the Ratchet and Clank movie just because I'm. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I, now that I've. Because I, I did play the game that came out at the same time. It's actually done fairly well. So Yeah. I, saw, I think I saw a review over it or something like that. Yeah. Well, we, I really may have. Good. To, I'll probably have to put that on the list at some point. All right. But other than that, uh, that's pretty much what I've been watching and playing. Nice. So, uh, the Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Jill. That's the longest of the new sound effects. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Dietlet was busy. Apparently. Thank you, Dietlet. Uh, so Disney Plus offered a sneak peek of its upcoming live action adaptation of Pinocchio. Why um, is this happening? I thought we were done with these live action adaptations. Well, at least Tom Hanks is in the film. That's something. <laughs> I'm assuming playing Geppetto. Yes, he's Geppetto. Because I can't imagine he's doing the voice, the high pitched voice of Pinocchio. I mean, he could also. I'm a real boy now. He, he could also do Jiminy Cricket. I'll admit, but True. I can't see him in any other role. Or maybe he's playing Figaro. <laughs> Almost forgot about Figaro, but or the fish. Oh, uh, or, I don't yeah. remember the. Fish I don't remember his name. His name right now. Glo- uh, Morning Glory or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Uh, which is set uh, Thursday, September 8th. Uh, it's release date uh, for the movie star of uh, Tom Hanks, as Geppetto. Uh, the re- release of the film on Disney Plus leads into the popular D3 Expo, which just takes place September 8th and 11th in the Anaheim Convention Center. So, yeah, if you are a big fan of either Tom Hanks or, you know, classic Disney animated films, might want to give a shot on Disney Plus. All right. That is all I have for in the news That's right all now. all you got in the news? Yep. Well, then we need to get into the spoiler-free review of the Aristocats. <sighs> Certified fresh and spoiler-free. Oh, a gaming animator of seven says the fish's name is Cleo. Cleo! Thank Can't you! Can't believe we forgot that, but anyway. Thank you, man. Admittedly, she doesn't talk much. <laughs> She's a fish. That is true. And not one that hangs around with Ariel. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, she she's not uh, Flounder's girlfriend. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> there's there's the sequel we need to see. Pinocchio oh. X, uh, Little Cle- Mermaid. Oh my gosh! The romance of the century. <laughs> Cleo and Flounder. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. we actually need to be talking about the Aristocats. Yes, because everybody all, wants to be in a which cat. all these fish that we're talking about technically would be these cats' as food. Yes. Uh, Boy, that got un, dark. Un, un, unless you're a mouse for some reason. Well, unless you're the 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 alley cats. 
I suspect Roquefort is more of like he's got the same relationship with the cats that uh the mice in Garfield's house have with Garfield. Mm. Just not worth it. Oh, okay. And probably provide it. And plus you can you can just tell how helpful he was. So yeah. That's true. Anyway. That is so true. Yeah, my spoiler free thoughts of tonight's review of the Aristocats. Uh, uh, with this movie, I did not see this movie when I was a kid. I think the seventies and eighties films were kind of just like this blank, blank spot in my parents, my mother's like constant, like buying, uh, the VHS clam shells of the Disney films. Mm-hmm. We just never watched it. We never watched it. Maybe my dad was like, this looks who whatever. Um, so I wanted watching it. I found it on the cheap on Blu-ray at I like games game exchange. Mm -hmm. And so I picked it up and I was like, this is a pretty good film. This is an interesting little film and be like, kind of, I I kind of understand why I never watched it. But for some reason we watched 101 Dalmatians. I guess it was more action filled, I guess. More on that in the spoiler filled section. Exactly. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, yeah, there's some there's some technical bugs in this movie. Uh, to what I saw, there again, when you are doing stuff critically for reviews, be like you notice more things than probably most people do. Yeah. So, and be like some of the like it's it's got little here and there's a little little problems here and there, but overall, it's an enjoyable film. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. So, what about you? Well, everybody wants to be a cat. Exactly. They know where it's at. Exactly. And that was, for the most part, what I knew about this movie prior to watching it. Huh. Because the only... Th- I had never... I don't. I, this one I had not watched, I think, before. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I only knew the song because I think it was on a Disney sing-along songs VHS yeah. I had back in the day. For you children at home, a VHS was this uh, black plastic thing that uh, had magnetic tape in it that we recorded stuff on so we could watch it on a VCR. A VCR <laughs> played VHSs. It's like a, like a DVD player, but louder. Yeah. Much louder. <laughs> and you have the fidget. And it. every time you play it, the picture gets worse and, and worse, worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Very important to keep your VCRs clean. Be very careful when renting movies. Anyway. (laughs) You don't want to pay those fines. Indeed. So, yeah, I I watched that. That's mostly what I knew. And I'd seen uh, they had some of the other in that music video for the sing along songs thing. They had some other shots from the movie mixed in there, like the old man dancing. Um. The lawyer, technically, yeah, and a couple other things, but literally, I knew virtually nothing besides that one song before watching this movie. Yeah, and like you said, this bears some striking similarities to 101 Dalmatians, exactly, with not as good a villain. True, more on that later. Um, it's a good film, it's it's a much calmer film than I think I was expecting. Yeah. Almost like a kind of a lazy day kind of movie. Like this is what you put your kids, you set your kids down to watch so they will calm down. That is true. 
but it's still a fun movie. There's a couple of fun parts in it. It's mm-hmm. different from, I think, pretty much every other movie that was around it in the Disney release schedule. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it worked. It was very, it was done very well. Hmm. Well, good deal. Well, that brings us to the end of our spoiler free section, which means we will get to spoiling this right after the bumpers. The Cell Cast would like to thank the following patrons Josh Adams, Ashley Cronin Bitter. To get your name on the show, plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cell Cast, plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast Com Talk, another podcast where they talk about bad movies called Bottom Shelf, and another podcast where they read books, allegedly. Uh, and they and there are written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course... <laughs> Who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. And I will point out that Pop, uh, Outer Rim is actually doing reviews of of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Why did my brain go dead there? That, they, that's that's when we totally forget to yeah, talk about. We didn't talk about it. We yeah. watched. We both watched that too. We enjoyed it. Yeah, but they are doing reviews of that right now Excellent. as well. So, oh, okay. Yeah. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Aristocats. Listener discretion is advised not that there's actually that much to spoil anyway (laughs) the aristocats was directed by wolfgang reitherman Mm -hmm. who of course directed the jungle book Mm -hmm. and robin hood yes there's there's gonna be a theme here by the way uh it was written by larry clemens vance jerry ken anderson frank thomas eric cleworth julius vinson and ralph white and based on the story by tom mcgowan and tom rowe and is actually based on a true story. That's what I kept hearing. It act that happened in France in 1910. A rich aristocrat donated all her money to her cats. Minus the butler to try to kill said cats. There is that. So. And silliness pursues. Indeed. Getting into the cast, we've got Phil Harris, who played Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, a.k.a. Th- uh, O'Malley. He was, of course, Baloo the Bear in the Jungle Book and uh, Friar, not Friar Tuck. That's a different guy altogether. (laughs) True. 
<laughs> little John. Fun night tonight. Little John. That yeah. was the character's name because they literally recycled Blue's animations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was Little John in Robin Hood. Ava Gabor was Duchess, and she played Lisa Douglas in Green Acres. Oh. Liz English played Marie, and this is her only acting role. Actually, it's her only role, period. Really? Along with Dean Clark, who was Berlioz. It was also his only acting role. Mm-hmm. But Gary Dublin, who played Toulouse, played the character Ed in Jaws 2, among many other acting roles. Really? Yes. I don't know who Ed in Jaws 2 is. Me either. I haven't seen Jaws 2, but it was... I have. Literally, you know, you know how on IMDb, at the top of the cast list, it says, here's what they're most well-known for? Uh-huh. It went Aristocats, Ed from Jaws 2. <laughs> it's like, who's Ed? But anyway, Sterling Holloway played Roquefort, and he was Winnie the Pooh in The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Nancy Culp played Fru-Fru, the horse, and she was Jane Hathaway in The Beverly Hillbillies, a TV show that was actually in continuity with Green Acres. Really? Yeah. There People talk about the whole, TV cinematic, universe? <laughs> the whole cinematic television universe thing mm-hmm. being new. Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, and Beverly Hillbillies did it 30 years ago, uh, 50 years ago now. Get in line. <laughs> okay, then. Speaking of Green Acres, Pat Buttram was the voice of Napoleon, and he was Mr. Haney in Green Acres. Mm. George Lindsay played Lafayette. And in the Andy Griffith show, he played Goober Pyle. That's why he's. That's why he sounds and, familiar. Yeah, and he was also in Robin Hood. Yes, as one of the vultures. Nutsy, mm. Nutsy. He was Nutsy. Oh, Nutsy. <laughs> Scatman Crothers was the voice of Scat Cat, but you will know him, Jacob, as Jazz in the Transformers the movie. Yes, I was actually watching. I actually recently picked that one up on Blu-ray Ultra HD. Nice. I've got that too. Yeah. Paul Winchell was the voice of the perhaps problematic Chinese cat. Mm. Because this is oh the gosh, why, if yeah. You, that. If, you, if you watch this on Disney Plus, which is actually where I watched it, even yeah. though I had it on here, I just didn't feel like opening the case. Um, and this is the reason why there's a warning yeah. about uh, not depicting cultures correctly. Right. <laughs> it's this character, and he's on screen a grand total of five minutes. <laughs> And, and plus, but he's got like two lines in the song "Everybody Wants to Be a Cat." But if you've only heard the CD, hmm? you don't know his lines because they <laughs> edited them out years ago. Wow, but it is in the vid- in the movie. So wow, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it's also be like I've learned recently that it's this movie, uh, Peter Pan, and another film that are no longer on the 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 kids, children's selection. Yeah, no longer in the kids version. Of Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, which is interesting. Yeah. But do you know who Paul Winchell has also played? No. Tigger in <laughs> The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Because I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. Lord Tim Hudson was Lord. the was the English cat. And the only other role he had was the vulture in Jungle Book. Oh. He played one of the Beatles. Oh, one of the, the, fo- the fo- be- Beatles. The Beatle Vultures. <laughs> Run, friend, run! Yeah. Wow, it's not so country. <laughs> Vito Scotti was the Italian cat, and he played Nazar- Nazarene, or Nazarini, or I can't, I'm saying the name wrong, but it's Italian, because he was in The Godfather. 
Ah, okay. Played that character in The Godfather. I still need to watch that film or films. Yes, I do too. Uh, Thurl Ravenscroft was the Russian cat. And he is, of course, most well-known as being the voice, the, the most heard voice in the commercials for uh, Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger. Oh, no wonder I recognize that name now. But the other place you will recognize his voice is in uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Christmas. as he's the singer Wonder. of You're a Mean One, One Mr. Grinch. <laughs> and if you've ever been to Walt Disney, uh, Disneyland or Walt Disney World, and you've been on the Haunted Mansion ride, you can hear his voice there, too. Yeah. And we, literally we, everything I know about Thorough Ravenscroft. And so oh, you, except he's also a vacuum cleaner in uh, The Brave Little Toaster. Oh, another movie. Another, another movie, movie we need to do. Movie. Yes. Anyway, Monica Evans was the voice of Abigail the Goose. Okay. And she was Maid Marian in Robin Hood. Nice. I see a, 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 I see a theme here. Oh, it continues with Carol Shelley was amelia the goose who was lady cluck in robin hood <laughs> yeah the one they had to yell the line seize the fat one <laughs> love that line oh my gosh that football scene is hilarious yes <laughs> bill thompson was the voice of uncle waldo and i did not realize this when i heard his voice in here he's mr Schmee in peter pan really it does not sound like him no it doesn't but it's him wow uh, Charles Lane was sorry. I, I jumped ahead. Hermione Badley was the voice of Madame, mm-hmm. and she played Auntie Shrew in the Secret of uh, the Secret of Nim. Oh, okay, yeah. Charles cool. Lane was the lawyer, mm-hmm. and he played Nosy in the movie Mister Smith Goes to Washington. Okay, another good film. And last but not least, Roddy Maud Roxby was the voice of Edgar, our villain. Hmm. And the only thing I could find that was known, but I didn't know it, is look. It was one of his, you know, that that top row, mm-hmm. of most well-known things. But I literally went through his entire IMDb list and tried to find something besides the Aristocats that I recognized, and I didn't. Hmm. He played a character named Rex R- Rivoli in something called Turnbull's Finest Half Hour. Huh. I have no idea what it is. Hmm. Now, Kingdom Hearts connections. I want you to guess what kingdom hearts connections i got crow it is not an actor i will tell you that musician it is a musician okay which ones oh could it be the musicians who are behind everybody wants to be a cat you well it is that but you didn't recognize their names did you no i didn't the sherman brothers of course. Yes, the Sherman Brothers wrote that song. Okay. But they also wrote the Winnie the Pooh theme mm-hmm. from many, for many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and that is in nearly every Kingdom Hearts game. Wow. Also, George Burns. Sorry, George Bruns. I said his name okay. wrong. He also wrote music for this. Okay. But for Walt Disney World, or Walt Disneyland, I don't remember where the mm-hmm. ride was first. For the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, yeah, he wrote "Yo Ho: A Pirate's Life for Me." Really? Yes. Which is in Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Those were the Kingdom Hearts connections. I didn't bother looking up Smash Brothers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just had a feeling that they had not, no one on this cast had ever even heard of those characters. No. Not yet, anyway. Indeed. All right. But anyway. All right. So, info and stuff. All right. So, going into info stuff, info and stuff. I'm saying things wrong tonight. Go figure. Uh, so, we all have. Yes, we have. We all we have. have. All right. So, IMDb, it has a 7.1 out of 10. You can watch it on Disney Plus if you subscribe to Disney Plus. Uh, production, and I will get this one right. Uh, Walt Disney Production and distributed by Bonavista Di- Distribution. Release date was uh, it premiered on December 11th, 1970, and released United uh, statewide, and assuming the rest of the world on December 24th to uh, 2000. That's a, that's a, that's a wrong decade, um, wrong millennium. Uh, 1970. So mm-hmm. going into box office, had an estimated budget of 44 million dollars. Uh, its opening weekend was 1.1 million dollars on April 12th, 1987. Okay, that's off. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more like 1977. Yes, except on, not. Except it's got to be sooner than that. Yes. So th- was that was that home video? No, that's. That's it's the the U.S. I'm, I'm presuming this is probably a later it's, a later re-release. It's got to be a later re-release. It has to be. So that could be '87. Yeah, it's probably '87 release. Because I know that they, Disney was very big in releasing re-releasing their movies in theaters. Yes, over they were. and over again. They were. Uh, so it's U.S. gross according to that date uh, was thirty-seven point four million dollars, mm-hmm. and the world gross was similar. I know the movie is gross tremendously much more over that time i think it was uh one uh 191 million dollars uh either or uh let's get into home release uh it was released originally on v on vhs in europe on july 1st 1990 that's when you know, like vhs started getting coming to their own was 1990 uh a vast majority of them was in 1990 uh and then in the uk or the united kingdom in 1995 it was first released on vhs in the united states or in the north america district on april 24th 1996 as part of the masterpiece collection in july 2020 walt disney home release launched the gold the gold classic collection of the Aristocat was released on VHS for the first time on DVD on April 4, 2000. The DVD contained, uh, let's see, contained a parallel, oh, or, or contained the film in 1.33 by 1 ratio, uh, enhanced to Adobe, uh, Adobe 2.0 surround sound. The gold collection release was quietly discontinued by 2006 a single disc special edition dvd previously announced as a two disc edition apparently they 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 got they were going to release a two di- of two discs and went down to a one disc mm-hmm. on february 5th 2008 uh disney released the film a first time on blu-ray on april 21st 2012 uh, the two-disc special edition Blu-ray DVD combo pack uh, uh, had features of newly digital transfer and bonuses, 
a single DVD, a single DVD edition was also released, and it was eventually released on uh, Disney uh, Plus, where I watched, and I think you watched it as well. Yes. So interesting about sequels, there was going to be a Aristocats too. Mm-hmm. Originally, so uh, it was planned. Uh, it was planned to be released in 2008, but it was eventually scrapped. Uh, this is a quote from Todd, uh, Tom Carter, who apparently worked on the project. Uh, to make the Aristocats 2, we tried to distill the essence of the original film into, in the first film, the kittens, the kittens nemesis is, was a misguided butler intent on stealing their fortune. The sequel created a similar dynamic by putting, putting them against a jewel thief on the open seas aboard a luxury cruise ship uh, to make a long story short. Aristocats 2 was eventually shelved because of the skepticism by the executives that it would make it that, that it would find uh, <clears throat> it would have triple, triple difficulties finding an audience in a more complex market. It's one of those disappointing things that happens in the film industry from time to time. And that's mm-hmm. an interview from Todd Carter. So yes, event, uh, apparently there was a, be like, heck, they, uh, as you, as I read the, I, re- I read the entire article and apparently they had spent so much money and so much time in development that they were given a four week window to throw a pitch together. Not just one, not, um, uh, not just one um, segment, but all three. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what do you call those? I'm sorry. Uh, where it's pitches? No, it's like the first half, second half, third half. Acts? Yeah, acts. Thank you. But like they, they were sorry. Can't I'm, my my words fail me tonight? It's fine. It's fine. Um, they they had to put the four act structure of the story together in four weeks. So they 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 pulled off the impossible in like 2006 but they got it done be like ultimately the movie was shelved but the there is a the treatment they did for it the pitch for it is actually i think it's on vizio vizio or something not vizio but it's it's available online it's mm-hmm. available on so if you want to go check out what the what if aristocats too you can go check it out it's pr- it's interesting. It's all voice and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think Jim Cummings is in it. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, he was an easy actor for them to get a hold of. True. And this was two, you know, two thousand six, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we could have gotten an Aristocats too, but and it probably would have been as bad as Cinderella two. Probably. <laughs> I've heard Cinderella three is actually pretty. Yeah, bad, three. I've not seen it. Yeah, two was a drudge to go through. See, uh, one three, day we will have to be yes. forced. We will. Yes, we will. Those, but apparently they were given like so much. We got to do Cinderella one yeah. first. <laughs> they were they were given so much like uh, independent freedom to do what they want with the story. So they they were able to like expand and just do do different things. And it's, yeah, it sounded like a really interesting film, unlike a lot of the direct the video stuff that came out. But either or, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, we will most likely never get an Aristocat two. So that's all I have for an info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. 
1910, Mother Cat Duchess and her three kittens, Berlioz, Marie, and Toulouse, live in Paris with retired opera diva Madame Adelaide Bonfamille. My apologies. And her English butler, Edgar. The cats are pampered pets that live a luxurious lifestyle and are very cultured in art and music like their owner. One day, while preparing her will with lawyer George Hotcourt, Hotcourt? Either way, the lawyer. <laughs> uh, Madame, Madame declares that her vast fortune will be left to her cats, then revert to Edgar once they all pass away. Edgar overhears this through a speaking tube, and after erroneously calculating that he will die before he can inherit plots, he can inherit plots to eliminate the cats. Okay, now first off, I have a problem with his math. Okay. In the movie. This is not big enough for me to, to bring up later, mm -hmm. because it's kind of funny. But he does make the assumption that all cats have nine lives. Actually have nine lives. Wow. And he figures that they will each live 20 years for each life. <laughs> of course they're all going to die by that calculation. <laughs> He's going to die before they, they do that calculation. But you still did it wrong. True. Anyway. And there's other logistical things he could have done right. better than this, but... I don't like the idea of talking about murdering cats, so let's move on. He sedates them by putting sleeping pills in a dish of cream, then drives them out on his motorcycle out to the countryside in a basket. There he is ambushed by two hounds named Napoleon and Lafayette, losing his hat, sidecar, umbrella, shoes, and the basket before escaping. The cats are left stranded in the countryside, while... Madame Adelaide, Roquefort the mouse, and Fru-Fru the horse discover their absence. In the morning, Duchess meets an alley cat named Thomas O'Malley, who offers to guide her and the kittens to Paris. The group briefly hitchhikes in a milk truck before being chased out by the driver. Later, after crossing a railroad trestle, the cats narrowly avoid an oncoming train, and Marie falls into the river. O'Malley immediately dives in and rescues her, and is himself rescued by Amelia and Abigail Gabble, two British geese on holiday. The geese lead the cats to the outskirts of Paris, then depart to deal with their inebriated Uncle Waldo. Meanwhile, Edgar returns to the countryside to retrieve his possessions, the only evidence that can incriminate him from Napoleon and Lafayette, and after some difficulty, ultimately succeeds. Traveling across the rooftops of the city, the cats meet up with O'Malley's friend Scat Cat and his musicians, who perform the song Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. After the band has departed, O'Malley and Duchess converse on a nearby rooftop while the kittens listen at a windowsill. Duchess's loyalty to Madame prompts her to decline O'Malley's marriage proposal. The next day, Duchess and the kittens return to Madame's mansion. Edgar finds them before Madame does and places them in a sack and deciding to ship them to Timbuktu. By the way, he puts that sack in a trunk. I just want to say, put that out yeah, there. Yeah, he puts it in a trunk. Because it's left that out. Yeah. Roquefort catches up with O'Malley at Duchess's instruction and O'Malley returns to the mansion sending Roquefort to find Scat Cat and his gang. Though he struggles to explain the situation to the Alley Cats, Roquefort successfully brings them to O'Malley's aid. O'Malley, the Alley Cats, and Fru-Fru fight Edgar, while Roquefort frees Duchess and the kittens. At the end of the fight, Edgar is locked in his own packing case and sent to Timbuktu himself, never to be seen again. The Aristocats return to Madame Adelaide, who, ignorant of the real reason for Edgar's departure, rewrites her will to exclude him. After adopting O'Malley into the family, Madame establishes a charity foundation, housing Paris's stray cats in the mansion. 
Scat Cat and his gang are the first to move in and reprise their song so loudly that the two hound dogs can hear it out in the countryside. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Getting into the trivia for this. As I stated at the beginning, Ava Gabor and Pat Buttram were both starring together in the TV series Green Acres, 1965, while recording voices for this animated film. Hmm. The Aristocats was inspired by the true story of a Parisian family of cats circa 1910 that inherited a fabulous fortune. This is the last animated feature to be approved by Walt Disney and the studio's first animated feature to be entirely completed after his death. However, it should be noted that Disney had spent some time working on the story of The Rescuers, 1977, released seven years later, around the time The Jungle Book, 1967, entered production. Hmm. The character of Scat Cat was designed to be voiced by Louis Armstrong. The character's look was modeled after Armstrong, the way he played his trumpet, his roly-poly physique, right down to the prominent gap between his teeth. However, Armstrong was unable to record a single line due to illness. His replacement, Scatman Carruthers, was directed to pretend your satchmo. Really? Yeah. The Sherman brothers talked uh, Maurice Chevalier out of retirement to sing the title song. It was his last work before his death in 1972. Hmm. The characters of Toulouse and Berlioz are named after two famous French artists, painter and illustrator, Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec and composer Hector Berlioz. Hmm. The dogs, Napoleon and Lafayette, are both named after famous French generals, Napoleon Bonaparte Mm -hmm. and Marquis de Lafayette. Napoleon was the emperor of France who conquered much of Europe. Lafayette was a nobleman who helped the Americans during the American Revolution. This was originally intended Mm -hmm. as a two-part Live action installment of the TV series The Magical World of Disney in 1954. Really? Yeah, that would have been an entirely different thing. That would have been. O'Malley's appearance was actually based on that of his voice actor, Phil Harris. Hmm. Originally, there was, like you said, there was meant to be a direct-to-video sequel called Aristocats 2. Mm-hmm. It was intended for a 2007 re- re- release, but production was canceled in 2006 after John Lasseter became head of animation at both disney and pixar Mm -hmm. the lines in everybody wants to be a cat sung by chinese cat paul winchell were later deemed politically incorrect and removed from the soundtracks however they remain in the song as featured in the home releases thorough ravenscroft the voice of russian cat did singing voices on several disneyland attractions such as pirates of the caribbean Mm -hmm. haunted mansion and the enchanted tiki room Hmm. for cultural reasons the Italian dubbing of the film changes Thomas Thomas O'Malley's name and his Irish origin to Romeo El Mejor der Colaleso, Roman dialect for the best cat of the Colosseum. An Italian okay. cat from Rome. He was an Italian cat from Rome speaking with a strong Roman accent. The reason for this change is that alley cats were well known for frequenting the Coliseum at the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Last but not least, this was Walt Disney Animation Studios' 20th feature film and the first one of the 1970s. Which brings us to our review. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what is your first like? My first like of this film is O'Malley's Journey. Mm-hmm. Like he's this, Obviously, he's a stray cat. He's 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 a he's a street cat. He knows what he's doing. Um, 
and very much in for in in for himself. He's one of these very be like, oh, I do everything for myself, and especially when he runs in the Duchess who he thinks is alone and it's like trying to woo her and trying to be the sl- the slick cat. And then he who knows where it's at and knows where it's at. And I like I, I absolutely love his arc because he goes from a guy that is so much be like, I, I just I want to uh, do this thing and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a point where you're like, oh, be like, there's kittens. OK, let's play this a little different. And then slowly over time, he starts becoming more of this, like, kind of a father figure of these kids. And he's he's abandoned his, be like, his, uh, I don't want to say wayward ways of just be like his his own personal desires kind of mm-hmm. thing. And starts becoming more of a, not, not civilized, but more uh, responsible cat. Yes. And I, I enjoy that to a point where he's adopted... He's adopted into the family, and one can only assume that in the the wonderful world of Disney animated uh, anthropomorphic animals, that him and Duchess get married. I presume. Well, I mean, Madame does talk about their kittens. Yeah, their kittens. True. They're, so their kittens. Apparently, Duchess can still have kittens. Apparently, I'm going to word that. Yeah. <laughs> um. She has not been spayed. Apparently not. But uh, yeah, I just I really love uh, O'Malley's uh, uh, I just really love his character progression. Mm-hmm. Really love his progression to just being from this alley cat who's all about himself to this, you know, smooth talking a kind of character who just be like once the, you know, live in the fast lane and just do you know everything just quick you know quick and just be done with it and that yeah. kind of life to being this be like kind of be like oh i really care about these kids i really care about this girl and um to just be just being the the, the hero of the day in a way mm-hmm. but yeah that's what i really the, my first like is o'malley <laughs> and plus he's just a, he's a cool cat I don't, think I, true. I, I don't think I would want to adopt him, but be like, he's a cool cat. You do what's right for your family of cats. That's, that is true. I know Drew would probably adopt him. <laughs> except I don't want to pay pet tax, and except it may have been cheaper in Paris 1910, but that is true. there were other problems coming. That is true. Uh, <laughs> not getting into that. No. First World War, that kind of thing. Second World War. Yeah. Although the cats would be dead by then. Yeah, that's true. Kind of a that bombing got, thing. Once again, that got dark. <laughs> yeah, really dark. <laughs> anyway, my first like, the song everybody wants to be a cat. Mm-hmm. This is just such a catchy it is, song. And I'm not going to say it's true, <laughs> but kind of is. Uh, mm. It's a fun song. It's got great visuals mm-hmm. of the the fact that you know the all the the uh the pampered pets are able to jump in and hang with these guys and actually mm-hmm. move with the music and even participate because you've got uh Berlioz actually jumping in and playing piano with scat cat yeah which was fun um the, the whole 
the whole thing was just the whole that whole song song is a reason it comes back at the end is because it's the best song in the movie. Yeah, it's not that the other songs are bad, mind right. you. It's just this is the best one. It's the reason why everyone knows this one and not uh, any of the other songs. Which the only one off the top of my head I can think of is our is a uh, that arpeggio mm-hmm. song. But yeah, this is everybody wants to be a cat is the best song in the film in my opinion and. It's enjoyable, and I enjoyed the sequence. I agree. So, yeah. uh, I would I would definitely follow up. Yes, my number two is definitely everybody wants to be a cat sequence mm-hmm. because it's the the use of color, the use of lighting, uh, the techno uh, techno disc, disco ball kind of because yes. it is the seventies. It is the the dawn of the seventies. Yes, and just the 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 use of color, the the energy of the the energy of the animation. The the song itself is so incredibly catchy mm-hmm. that it'd be like it's stuck in your head like all the time. And it's it's an enjoyable scene. It's very fun. And it's just one of these rompous um comedy bits that but like yeah, it, it does have the problem with be like um the the cultural thing, but it's that was the seventies. Yeah. That was the seventies and like yeah we we've we've as a culture we've kind of be like hey let's be respectful of other cultures mm-hmm. um and um but overall be like i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a really well done scene the song is catchy and i'd be like i'm just i'm not one to repeat you but it's just the jazz man it's just got such amazing movie amazing songs uh, an amazing song like i'm applying it's another song yeah uh because there is the repri- the reprise of it at the end Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoy it. It's a great, it's a great song and a great scene. So bef- before we move on, I do want to touch on one thing about Chinese Cat. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think the intention was to make fun of no, Chinese people. No, I don't think it was any either. more than Russian Cat was making fun of Russian people. Yeah, I agree. English Cat was making fun of English people, or Scat Cat was making fun of jazz players. Yeah, agreed. I think that was actually an attempt to actually be inclusive. Yeah. Oh, the agreed. problem is they went too far in in the mock in in the, not the mockery but the uh, parody the parody of, of of the culture. Yeah, agreed. And that's and that and at least, they did at least pick a Siamese cat, which for that yeah. role, which makes sense. Yes. But this is the same problem they had with uh, Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. Those Siamese cats. Yeah. In fact, I wonder to some degree if this Siamese cat was a throwback to those Siamese cats. If that doesn't mean that it's that it was right to do so. Don't get Agreed. me wrong. Agreed. But I don't think that was the. I don't think there was malicious no. intent. No, there was no malicious intent behind it. Other Disney films, there might be. There may be some intent. more. I mean, it's, yeah. especially when we get to Peter Pan, there's yeah. some issues there. Yeah. But uh, in this case, I think that this is just a, a unfortunate overstep on the yeah. part of the animators and I. I do and like the songwriters. Your, I do like your point to be like it's trying to be inclusive of different cultures yeah. and you know recognizing different cultures but they 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 o- they overstepped they, their they bounds. overstepped and they overdid exactly okay so yours you already said your second yes. was there, that one okay my my second is the characters of napoleon and lafayette oh my gosh i think we're in step on this one we might be <laughs> maybe uh pat buttram and george Lindsay are gems agree classic uh country people yes and they do an amazing job here mm-hmm. and they have i think some of the best lines mm-hmm. in the film and of course they're the ones who 
actually take out Edgar throughout yes. most of the film, <laughs> both both times. But that whole exchange there, where he's trying to to get the uh, the baskets and the hat and the hat and everything, <laughs> and while they're sleeping, then they wake up enough to make make a remark here. Or there, it's like, okay, this is great. Mm-hmm. I I love this in some in many ways, but and the fact that they get the last lines in the movie and they get the fourth wall break. Yes. Which is, that's all it was, was yeah. the fourth wall break. Yes, I love how the summary tried to say, oh yeah, the music was so loud, it can be heard in the Parisian countryside. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that was just, okay, we're at the end of the movie, we're going to have some fun. We're mm-hmm. going to let everybody dance. This is like the ending of Despicable Me 1, mm-hmm. where he's where Goober Wait. was ba- dancing on the moon. It's just because, it's not that he could hear the music, Yeah, it's just that's what you do. It's a dance party. This is the beginning of the dance party meme that Shrek is is cl- claimed to have started. Yeah. No, it started with the Aristocats. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, that is my claim. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Napoleon and Lafayette are just some of, they're the best. I like to say they're the best dogs in the movie, but they're the only dogs in the movie. That is true. But they are some of the, be- I think some of the better Disney dogs out there besides the Dalmatians themselves. So. True. And there's, you have a quantity versus quality problem in that movie with dogs, mm. but say la vie. Well, I, th- I think John Travolta did a very good job as a dog. He played Bolt. In Bolt. We will get to that. I yes. forgot about that. I, yes. Bolt is you gotta have to realize once you get to er, when you get to the early Disney 3D mm-hmm. stuff, that's the stuff that just goes, Yeah. Those movies existed. I know they existed. You, uh-huh. talk, you, you bring it up, it's like, oh yeah, I remember this movie. Meet the Robertsons. Meet the Robertsons, yeah. But there's a part of me that's always gonna look at that uh, that you know, in my mind, it goes from I'm not kidding, Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. Except I think Lilo and Stitch was after Emperor's New Groove. No, it was after. Lilo and Stitch was after? Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. These all these around the same time in yeah. my head. It goes from Lilo and Slit, Stitch to Tangled. And there's nothing in between. Oh. In my mind. Yes. Despite the fact that I know you've got Bolt. You've got Princess and the Frog. You've got Meet the Robinsons. You've got the movie that nearly killed 2D animation in Disney. Which would Home be? Home on the Range. Oh my gosh! Yes, These, the last time they tried yes. it before, oh before, uh, before they Princess first said they were going to be just making 3D movies, mm-hmm. but then came back to 2D for uh, Princess and the Frog, Princess and the Frog, and Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. I, I forget that Winnie the Pooh movie exists. Yes, apparently it flopped beyond belief. Well, when you come out the same year as Tangled. <laughs> well no tangle came out i think the next year i believe it came out it came out like really close to some other big movie yeah disney put out mm. and it was within disney's ability to not do that i gotcha but I got they you. didn't i don't remember what movie it was i was thinking it was tangled because tangled uh. is awesome but beside the point shut up retro uh <laughs> <laughs> hi retro what were we talking about? Napoleon and Lafayette. That's yes. what we were talking about. Not the, oh. French, not the French generals. But <laughs> yeah, those two characters are, are my favorite ones in this film. Well, what's your next one, which I'm going to guess? Napoleon and Lafayette. Napoleon and Lafayette. Uh, the the encounter they have with uh, Edgar. <laughs> when Ed- Edgar is trying to dispose of the cats and then they run the two dogs which is like absolutely hilarious it's yes. really, no i'm the leader i'm 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 the leader 
and it's we're gonna say we're gonna we're gonna attack when I we're gonna go when I say yeah, go. go. Now go. Okay, okay go. <laughs> and just be like the the that scene that scene is absolutely hilarious. Uh, where they're where they're literally chasing him underneath the water and back over the the uh the little bridge is yes. absolutely hysterical. It's done so well to the point where you forget that the cats just fell out of the sidecar Our, not ten minutes ago. Did <laughs> you forget that the whole thing is you're watching Edgar get chased by these dogs? Uh-huh. And it's funny and hilarious, and you forget that oh yeah, the cats might be drowning. Yeah, might <laughs> might just, just maybe we don't know. Last time we saw them, they were still under sleeping pills. Yeah, they I'll, I'll, may I'll, not survive. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 talk on that in our dislikes, <laughs> but just like, and then you get the reprieve of that scene where be like the dogs are now living in luxury with their with their 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 wrecked sidecar and their umbrella. Uh, oh please, those dogs have been living in luxury this entire time. That is so true. All for, they need for, for is, country dogs is cars to chase. Uh huh. And tires to and bite. Tires to bite. That's all they want. Since the, 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 they have been in doggy heaven since the invention of the automobile, which would have been about that around that, that time. time. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very well done. It's definitely the the Edgar is trying to find the evidence, which I'm still trying to figure out. Why would you go back and try to find the evidence? It's all right. No one knows you did anything yet. Uh. But I understand understanding that, but the his return to was a guilty criminal that always is true. Uh, that returns is so true. The scene of the crime. crime. You're the one who listens to the true crime podcast. That is so you should true. know this. Yes, I know. But then it's I'm thinking like it's like, yeah, I should logically know. they shouldn't. Yeah, logically you shouldn't, but you do logic is rarely involved. That is so much true. It's 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 the the, the criminals are most criminals. Well, most criminals do go back to the scene of crime and relive their relive their 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 deeds yeah but uh yeah i should have thought about it think about that but uh thank you i think my girlfriend's probably slapping herself in the head it's like you really didn't think about that jam <laughs> but either or um so they they when he returns to go get the evidence or he's not uh, implemented in the crime where he runs into them again and hijinks mm-hmm. ensues and it's hilarious <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I absolutely love that scene. I love those characters, and the reason I said the life of luxury. Now they have hats. Now they have umbrellas, and they have a a sidecar to sleep in and a yeah. basket. I forget the value. He has a basket. Mm-hmm. Lafayette gets to sit in the bat, sleep in the basket. Right. On Napoleon's in the sidecar. Right. Exactly. That farmer's got to be really. Uh, confused when he goes out and uh, goes out into the field and sees the dogs asleep in a basket and a motorcycle sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that is my number three like. All right. My last like teaching a cat how to swim. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm just I, the thing is, you bring no. these geese in. Ow. And my first thought is, oh, this is going to be stupid. It, because I, part of me didn't like the characters as soon as I saw the geese. Yeah. I'll admit that. Oh, agreed. But then it's like, oh, that's something you don't see every day. A cat learning how to swim. Let's give him a hand. It's like, no, get him to shore. But still, I want to see how you do this. How are you going to try and teach the cat how to swim? Uh, that whole sequence is is funny. And it's like, it shouldn't be. Uh because it feels like this is a stupid idea that someone came up with as a, as a gag. 
but yet I thought it was funny. It was oh, the, wow. that whole sequence was, was funny. And you, you could, cause I think I've, we've all been there where some bless soul <laughs> or two are just trying to help, but they don't realize they're being more of a hindrance. Oh than help. yeah. Been there. We've all been there. Yes, we've all been there. We all try not to be those people. Yeah. But sometimes we are those people. And Agreed. It was, and it was interesting to see that in here and see how it messed up Thomas O'Malley, uh, Thomas O'Malley's day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's now, my, that's the end of my likes. It's like, man, you're like. Yeah, I'm just a, a wet cat. And those geese didn't help anything at all. Oh, it's you, like you want me a drowned like, cat? If this wasn't a Disney movie, <laughs> as soon as that cat got oh, yeah. ashore, oh my god, those would be dead <laughs> geese. Those would be dinner. Yes, they would be cat food. Anyway, let's get into our dislike. All right, what's yours first one? Oh. Going back to uh, Edgar and Lafayette. <laughs> so this is based in France, right? Yes. Right outside of Paris. Apparently. Right outside of Paris. So why do you have two country dogs in Paris? And what why do you are have... there so many British people in this movie? Exactly. As far as I can tell, the only uh, French cat, French characters are uh, the, the cats themselves. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Duchess and her and her kittens, mm-hmm. the the horse, the mouse, and Madame and mm-hmm. and uh, the lawyer. Yeah, everybody else is British except for the stereotypical cats. Yeah, what the heck happened? <laughs> I'm thinking like o- O'Malley is like he's Irish. He's an Irish cat. Yes, <laughs> but he talks like he's from New York. <laughs> Because it's Phil Harris, and he only has one voice. <laughs> Bless his heart. Phil Harris only ever had one voice. Oh, We're true. just lucky he's not singing Bare Necessities. <laughs> Except his theme, his title song is kind of Bare Necessities. It is, in a way. Except he's singing about himself instead of how he, what he's looking for. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just, I found that we just, I understand be like it's 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 a movie and you're not trying to be yeah. completely accurate I, get like, it. I i i enjoy it but at the same time i'm like why are there country american country dogs here <laughs> you know you, you want another reason because you hired really one, good comedians one, to be your actor characters i need to look at the exact order because i don't remember the the order of when they came out but somewhere between the next movie mm-hmm. and the next three movies robin hood came out yes robin hood was Americans, uh-huh. in Southerners in England, and you, you see you see that trend throughout the entire seventies. Yes, with they do rescue, this a lot. Rescuers is the exact same thing. And well, rescuers, it makes sense. That is true. They're they are in Louisiana. Yeah, they are in Louisiana, and uh, Ava Gabor's character is from France. Fr- uh, well, not France, but in that one, it's. Uh, Whatever, whatever she's from it's been a while since we watched that movie it's been a while and i don't remember because all i hear is oliver i don't want to go and live in the farm i want to live in the city <laughs> but either or i think it's it's more it's of something a, about gypsies but anyway gypsies uh yes that that is not 
that they were called gypsies in Green Acres. I am not saying anything bad. <laughs> Believe me, I, I've met, you know, the Roma people. Be like, yeah, they call themselves gypsies. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But um, nothing by it. Nothing by it. Other than a description of the people. Exactly. Uh, but I just found that very peculiar. Be like, it wasn't even part of my likes originally. And so we started talking about it. I was like, wait, be like, this is very peculiar. But yeah. it's it's still good. It's just one of those. It's it's Disney of the era. It's Disney of the era, and they're using their their top notch actors of our actors of voice actors. Yeah, they're at the getting, time. they're pulling from the same pool they've been pulling from mm-hmm. for years, and it's who it's the Green Acres people, mm-hmm. which is how they are, or that little area. Plus, uh, who who happens to be near Dis- Disney Animation Studios this week? Yeah, they didn't go out and get people specifically except for the Sherman brothers, apparently annoying this old man who I didn't know his name to sing the, their theme song <laughs> right before he died. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's my first dislike. What's yours? My first dislike is that this story is dull <laughs> to some degree. I, I there, there's some excitement to it. Do yeah. not get me wrong. But there is not much that happens. If you think about it, there's not much that actually happens in this movie. I mean, they go from walking you know, the, the scene there with the geese to all of a sudden, boom, they're in Paris. It's like, dude, that had to be 20 miles. And those are cat miles. Mm-hmm. So that's 100 miles and cat miles. Mm-hmm. That was a long, stinking distance because he had to take them out in... Uh, in the in the uh, motorcycle and they walked yeah to paris along the train track admittedly but that i don't you know i don't know exactly how far out of town mm-hmm. they are but it was far enough out of town you couldn't see the city from where they were got it so that's a pretty far distance and nothing happened after they met with the geese yeah nothing until they got to town and they got rid of the geese mm-hmm. that's and now, admittedly thomas is from paris yeah or he's got a pad in paris and he was out there, not because he got took out there, but for his own volition. So maybe it's really not that far. Yeah. But we also don't know where he was coming from. True. He could have been coming from Brussels, for all we know. Who knows? Or Rome, apparently. Mm-hmm. He was the top cat in the Colosseum, according, according to the Italian's dub of the film. But. Oh, my gosh. It's the thing. It's like, I, I can tell you the plot of this very quickly. Cats are get, are inheriting money. Butler hates it. Butler puts uh puts cats to sleep. They go out. He, he takes them out to the middle of nowhere. Doesn't realize he's let them loose, but has let them loose. Mm-hmm. He gets all his stuff attacked by he gets attacked by dogs mm-hmm. and loses everything but his motorcycle. Yeah, goes back to town. No one in town can find the cats because the cats aren't there and bless his heart roquefort can't get out of that house and then they meet up with o'malley o'malley puts them on a milk truck is going to let them get back there himself but at the last minute has to save and i said emily that is not that cat's name marie marie because she fell off and gets there so of course he's now going with them too and they get kicked off because, well, milk trucks don't like cats for obvious reasons. And then they're walking along a train track trying to get back. But train's coming. 
who didn't see that happening. And then uh, Marie again <laughs> falls, and uh, O'Malley has to go save her. And O'Malley does save her, but now he can't. He's having to learn how to swim from two geese. Mm-hmm. And then boom, they're in Paris. And boom, they're at his pad. I guess who's at his pad? A bunch of other alley cats who are going to sing a hip song that's going to get stuck in your head for the next couple days. Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna, they're gonna somewhere in all this. Apparently, Duchess has fallen in love with O'Malley, and O'Malley has fallen in love with Duchess. Mm-hmm. I never saw it, but more on that later. <laughs> they get back, and oh no, Edgar has because the thing is, the fact that Edgar went back out to the thing and then came back empty-handed affects the plot in no way whatsoever okay because he's back there uh he catches the cats he's going to uh send them to timbuktu but roquefort finally is able to do his stinking job and goes and gets scat cats Mm -hmm. so he can get o'malley and they can help o'malley uh, help the help the cats uh, take back over and madame is none the wiser about anything that happened in the film except that oh now she's gonna have a Instead of just taking care of her own cats, she's going to take care of all of Paris's cats, and now O'Malley is living with them. That's not much of a story. No, it's not. There's not many exciting pieces in the story. I mean, yeah. you've got the fights with Edgar at the end. Mm-hmm. You've got Lafayette and Napoleon biting the crap out of Edgar both times. And you've got, you know, a couple of, pardon the pun, hair-raising excitement with Marie continually falling yeah off of things the, the lesser the, heart the uh the um the uh the trope of the the damsel, the in, damsel distress. in distress yes and you've got a couple of fun things here and there but it's like they introduce segments only to get rid of those segments like five seconds later yeah like how quickly they got rid of the geese after the geese showed up yeah agreed it's like it's just it's it's, it's, it's a, not it's a, a movie set of segments yeah it's not bad do no. not get me wrong but it's like in general the story is meh yeah they could have done a little bit more with it they could have had more plot to it there's virtually mm-hmm. no plot it's a small simple plot which is not bad don't get no, me wrong it's not. but i am looking at this knowing we had jungle book before it mm-hmm. and uh robin hood after it mm-hmm. all three of these films were directed by the same man yeah. uh-huh this is of the three this is the weakest film mm. in my opinion all right so yeah it's just meh okay so my second dislike is kind of a i i wanted to fit my third one in there but i couldn't fit this one little thing it was it was burrowing itself in the back of my head mm-hmm. all right so Okay, so Edgar douses these cats with sleeping pills. Yes. Puts the entire bottle into this water, makes it with everything else. Those should be some very comatose cats. I'm talking, they don't and come mouse. out of this coma. And mouse. The mouse should be, you know, the mouse deceased. should be dead. The mouse should be dead. The cats, well, maybe, maybe they're asleep. May, may, be like, what is it? It's not Mary, but uh, Marie. Marie. I was close. Marie should survive it. The kittens, maybe not. Well, Duchess is the is Duchess, the main cat. That, thank Marie you. Duchess, is the kitten. Duchess should be okay. Should the kittens, the maybe kittens, not so much. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very. I was like, okay, this is very peculiar. Well, I mean, it's not like he pours the whole bottle in there. He literally oh, puts. He like, does. <laughs> no, it's like one pill. No, he dumps the entire thing in there. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look, but I yes. could have sworn he put one pill in mm. the cream and then let it dissolve and then poured it in each of the bowls and if 
That's not what he did. That's what he should have done. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I mean, by all technical accounts, the man should just, you know, grow up. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and not worry about the fact that his, and just remember that his mistress can do whatever the crap she wants with her money. Exactly. And you'd have no say. And besides that, you really want that money. There's other things you can do to get it. More on that in my next dislike. Right. So my, my primary first, second dislike is... Oh yeah, that's right. Hold on, I, I I got I got sidetracked and I was like, wait, what was my second dislike? Oh yeah, uh, about ten years earlier, roughly a decade earlier, Disney did the exact same story, except with dogs. <laughs> Remember what you said earlier about us being in step? Yeah, this is continuing. <laughs> this is continuing. So I, I I kept thinking about it as I'm watching this film, be like, this is 101 Dalmatians. So I literally had to check when 101 Dalmatians came out, which was 1961. Mm -hmm. So in 1970, they literally repeat the exact same story beats mm -hmm. verbatim with little changes here and there to make it more of an original story. But you're taking the basic, the basic guts of 101 Dalmatians, changing a few things out, making them cats mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. bada bing, bada boom. It's the exact same story beats. Okay. I want to jump in here, but I want to make sure you've gotten everything out of your system about this. Yes. Okay. Edgar is not Cruella DeVille. Oh, agreed. That is my main problem with Edgar. I agree. Because Cruella DeVille in that original movie, now it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. We need to put 101 Oh, I completely agree with list. you on that. But Cruella DeVille in the original, from what I remember from oh, the yeah. last time I saw it when I was a kid, is a much more intelligent villain than Edgar is. And a much darker villain. Yes. Edgar is kind of like Edgar is an idiot. It's the problem. He is the idiot butler. Okay. Because here's the thing. I want I want to point out everything wrong with Edgar's plan. Admittedly, Edgar did come up with it at the last minute mm -hmm. because he doesn't like the idea that the pampered pets are going to be getting all this money when he's been taking care of them. Yes. First thing. Don't kill the, or get rid of the cats until after Madame is dead. Mm hmm. Then you find a way to get rid of the cats. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your fault because this is, for one thing, this is 1910 yeah. Paris. Yes. I don't believe that uh, animal abuse laws are in effect. I could be wrong in France because I don't know French law. Yeah. But if animal abuse things are not, th are not a, th uh, a thing at that time, the only thing he could really get in trouble with is that will in which he's supposed to take care of the pets and he technically doesn't, but who really knows because all he has to do is like you said, pour the entire sedative stuff in the milk. They don't have forensics at this time. True. You want to know why I know this? Because they were, they were, this, this was how uh, Sherlock Holmes was considered advanced for his time. Cause it's part science fiction. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes is, and he's doing forensics work. Yeah. That's how I know they didn't weren't doing forensics work at this time. Yeah. There is he could have got away with all that money scot free. free. Yeah. And he didn't because he's an idiot. That's problem 1 mm -hmm. with Edgar. Problem 2 with Edgar. As a villain, he's a bad villain because his entire motivation is just I want the money. Yeah. You look at someone like Cruella Deville, which is going to do harm to animals. She's got a better 
goal for herself because she actually has ambition. Yeah. She's fat. She's fashion focused. Mm-hmm. She wants a fur coat made out of puppy fur because it's puppy fur would be soft and mm-hmm. comfortable. It would be fashion. It would be it would having getting a hold of that kind of fur would be fashionable. Well, not fashionable, but it would be it give a artistic statement. Yes. Um. It makes while I hey. Hate the idea of skinning 99 puppies alive. I would assume they would actually kill them first. But killing 99 puppies so you can you skin think. them and put them in a fur coat. I don't like this idea. Yeah. I want to be very clear. <laughs> she was on co- par, on, on course, to take care of that without it being an issue. Because she was intelligent about how she was going off of this. And if it weren't for the fact that those were actually intelligent dogs mm-hmm. and not, you know, the idiots we tend to think of animals as being right. The fact that they were actually in almost of human intelligence animals Mm -hmm. is what screwed her over. Yeah. Pardon the language. The cats in this film did not have to be as smart as the dogs in 101 Dalmatians to defeat their villain. That is true. Because the villain was an idiot and and literally fumbled himself. Right. And the problem with an idiot villain is it doesn't help your heroes. True. Because your hero is only as good as the villain they have to overcome. And Edgar is an idiot. Agreed. He's a stupid villain. And the cats were fine from the moment they got up that first morning. Even through them being uh, sedated and mm. thrown out to fend for themselves. Which is horrible, by the yeah, way. Don't get exactly. me wrong. Yeah, don't throw your pets out. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, those cats didn't have to be intelligent about how they went about mm-hmm. things they didn't have to play anything the only time they could have done better was when they went in because no one believed Toulouse mm-hmm. that was it Toulouse yeah Toulouse because he's the artist yeah uh no one believed Toulouse that Edgar was the one who did everything that is the only thing that helped Edgar at all and otherwise Duchess and those three kittens would have attacked him as soon as he came in the room true or would have gone to see Madame first. Yeah, because yeah, that, that makes Madame doesn't even know that. And the, the cats, they can climb buildings. They know where she hangs out. Mm-hmm. They could have gone straight to her room in that mansion instead of going in through the front door. door. Oh, I agree. If they had just realized that Edgar was the issue, or they could have been careful around Edgar. And the reason they're not is because Edgar was not being a villain yeah. for most of this film. And he's supposed to be the villain. Mm-hmm. He's a poor villain, and that's why the cats don't get to be good heroes. O'Malley bless his heart does the most work of any cat in the film. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like he had to do that much. He didn't have to sacrifice much to take out Edgar. That's true. Or to help the cats. Yeah. Be like, even like even going to the far is like when I think it's Toulouse. be like, he's the one who's, who sees Edgar, but like he's still in his, his he's the only one who actually understood what happened, but nobody believes him. Like I, I think there's there's a portion that they they do they do partially believe him, but when they get back to Madame's, you know, chateau or yeah, her place, they're 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 instantly be like, oh Edgar, we gotta get his attention. I'm like, you know, he's the villain. Rupert <laughs> you know is saying, go listen to the mouse you didn't eat. Yeah, exactly. And here's a wild idea. Why would the cat door be locked? Hey, why would the cat door be locked? Because he he believes they're dead. Why in the world? No, would you... Why would Madame allow that cat door to be locked if the cats have disappeared? Exactly. She, she has. She to would have had to put him under orders to have that cat door unlocked. So as soon yeah. as those cats, yeah, that makes back, no sense. They could get in that thing. Why was the cat door locked? I yeah. know why Edgar would have locked it because yeah. Edgar hated. Well, 
That's the thing. Did he really hate the cats no. before he found out? I don't think that he did. They were not that they were going to get the money. Yeah. No. With her will. It's like he didn't have he, he didn't have time to come up with a plan, and his plan that he did come up with was stupid. This is as stupid as the. Uh, it's a poorly executed. It's as stupid as as, as yeah. the the villain in Rescuers that that uh, Medusa. Oh yeah, Medusa. Yeah. It's as stupid as because Medusa, Medusa had time to plan, and she did it poorly. Yeah, Edgar Emily didn't have time to plan all this out, but at the same time, I don't know if he, I, I will say he, unlike Medusa, he wasn't planned to be a uh, a Cruella analog. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like he wasn't an interesting enough villain for me to even be happy mm. that he got locked in the trunk at the end. Yeah, it it's was like, just more like oh, that. that's ironic. Yeah, so. Kind of, kind of going there. So yeah, with, Edgar is not Cruella de villain. He's not that good a villain. I agree. Uh, kind of like you said, more like ranking villains. Be like Cruella de Vil obviously is a A tier villain. She's an A tier oh, villain yeah. beyond belief. Uh, She's right up there with Ursula and exactly the w- Wicked Witch and Maleficent and uh, I'd put Mother Gothel up there. Yeah, Mother Gothel. Yeah, um, definitely. Scar, Scar, of course. Jafar. Jafar, yeah, you can't really put Gaston up there because he was a villain, but he really wasn't a villain. Yeah, and so like ranking this idea that, uh, like Medusa from the Rescuers, yeah, she she's kind of she's a B villain, be like she she's more of a C villain, but yeah, I get what uh, you're meaning. I, I would agree that like her her she her plan is very dastardly. She she she, she, she quote unquote adopts the child, but yeah. uses her for her own but, deeds to gain, uh, wealth. Yeah, by very dastardly deeds but she's and, also like one dimensional. Yeah. Agreed. Edgar is like, a Ed, d- is D beyond belief. Edgar's got some things there, but I mean, even that's why I would call him B. He's just not well utilized. Yeah. As a villain. Like I said, this is, this is not a problem of like source material or anything like no. that. Cause this really does feel like this was in, this character was invented for the movie. He was, but they didn't do anything villainous with him other yeah. than, he left. He took the cats out to the middle of nowhere and dropped them off. Yeah, that's all he did. Yeah, exactly. He did nothing to. It's not like some of these other characters where that's relentless. Mm-hmm. The the villain pursuing the heroes. Cruella is like that. Yeah, but I mean Edgar isn't. He's just. He's there. He's like like he, he does his the, thing. He mm-hmm. he he's a very utilitarian villain. Yeah. He, they very, don't. They did not write his character to make him ex- interesting and exciting. They didn't make you hate him. Yeah. Literally. Other than he did the opposite of saving the cat. Yeah. And like like you said, when he gets locked in his own trunk, which I'm going to get it, into my number three yeah. later, it's, it's just more like, ironic. Yeah. Than, it's like, oh, you locked in the box. Yay. Bye. It, it's not like seeing Gaston falling off of the, off the uh-huh. castle. It's not like seeing uh, Ursula get turned into one of the little uh, sea uh-huh. cucumber things. Yeah, it's not like seeing Mother Gothel falling to her death. Yeah, it's it's not the it satisfying. Doesn't give death. you that satisfying. This villain has gotten their comeuppance. Yeah, Edgar's gotten his comeuppance, but I don't think he. I almost feel like this was actually worse than what than what he did. Yeah, he's gotten. He's been. He's actually been punished more mm-hmm. than what he deserved. Yeah. Unlike all the others, I agree. I Agreed. don't. I don't think he was a villain enough. A villain to get what he got. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So, 
I believe that gets us down to our last one. Yes, so, you know, going on to our our, our last third of dislikes. Mm-hmm. Mine will go with color and animation errors. And there, it's a lot of the animation errors, the same things we've talked about from other films of this era. Agreed. Because they agreed use the sketchy art style. Yeah, it's, it's a, the, that's the thing. You want to talk about eras of Disney? This is the sketchy animation era. It is. Because they leave the sketch marks in the final film. Which be like in a part I've, I've said this before, I'll be like, I really enjoy that in some ways. In some because ways, you, you yeah. see you see the, the animation's process. But when they went to the uh, it's not the uh the the uh, Oh crap! They literally, fe- or I want to say FedEx, but they they uh, they they photocopied. Yeah. They photocopied the the image to put ink on it, and so you get all these grains and what Xerox. Thank you. That's the word I'm for Xerox. Oh, this was before Xerox. Yeah, but be like you have you have animation errors where be like li- there's literally scenes where Scat Cat he's like he's talking with one of the characters during the song, and you literally see a frame skip. Yeah, and you see that multiple times throughout this room just frame skips frame skips well this is the first color disorder like we said earlier this is the first film to be made after walt disney's death yeah and i think this is where you start seeing the overall quality of disney films yeah it starts dropping take that plunge and it just happens here because they didn't do that last go through to see oh we missed this we need to fix that yeah or edit around it yeah there's there's also the uh there's a lot of and be like there's there's color errors like the uh, the the basket changes colors multiple times. There's doors that change mm-hmm. colors. Uh, I think the motorcycle changes colors throughout the film, and um, like one of the big ones when the uh, the trunk scene where Edgar is locked in the trunk. Yeah, is the the tr- the is is it the mouse who pops the lock? I can't remember. This is the one that locks it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the. Be like you see, or like this is a like I saw as an, a huge animation error, where be like the 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 cats are sprung from the the box, mm-hmm. and you you quite literally see the lock come unlocked and fall off the box. Yeah. So when Edgar gets pushed into said box, be like you see it go into full frame, and there's a lock on it. Mm-hmm. Like who locked it? That's cotton. That's what we call a continuity. Yeah, error. severe cotton error. Area. I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just said you something. Tongue, you tongue tied. I did tongue tie. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm here all night, people. Um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed at that. No, it it's just, all good. It was just, you know, you know what I mean. Yes, I, 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 I'm not mocking you. I, I understand. Like you just found it funny. I, 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 I tongue tied myself. Da, 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 that's like that's not what I said, but sure, <laughs> exactly. Um, but. It's just like when I saw that cotton air, continuity error. Thank you. I can't it, it, talk tonight. Well, it's also a big word, and big words are hard well, to say it's, sometimes. It's, it's not really a words big word. Words are hard. Yeah, words are hard, but continuity error is not a very large word. No, but un- ironically, I think it is French, which is like most of the problems with the film. That's true. Because like, everything with this, pro- with this film is French, <laughs> except and, half the actors. <laughs> that is true. And plus, the French would give up without a fight during world war ii but that's neither here or there uh um, because no, this is pre-world war one <laughs> yes pre-world war one and uh thanks france uh yeah either or moving either. on moving on my my <laughs> history nerds bleeding through so let's move forward um but yeah it's just like when that continuity error occurs i'm like what in the like it, it, like edgar should be able to pop out of the thing not get locked in did not the right. mouse come back and lock it it's what I think they you're supposed to imp- 
that's supposed to be implied. But here's the other thing. That chest yeah. that he's in. Now, granted, they made stuff stronger back then. Yeah. But what was it designed to hold? Clothes. Right. You know what clothes aren't? Heavy. 200-pound men. Exactly. That have been crammed into a spot the size of a bread bin. I don't care if he, if he somehow did fit into it like they show in this. Yeah. He should have just been able to very quickly moved back and forth enough that he could have got that thing broke enough he could get out of it before the the movers. the movers came and grab it and act like oh this isn't heavy at all they literally just just like that's a 200 pound man as soon as he fell into the back of that moving van the chest should have broke open because <laughs> he's a human for crying out loud is we're a little squishy we're a little gooshy we, as the <laughs> gooshy gooshy yes <laughs> that's a word gooshy, gooshy is a word when they that thing would have hit he should have sprung enough that the pressure of his body should have caused the chest to break open, <laughs> even if it was locked. Yes. <laughs> it's believable that the cats would be locked in there yeah. if they got in there. It ain't believable for Edgar. Yeah. Now, I know what everyone's thinking. True. This is a movie about talking cats. True. Really, how heavy should you be thinking about this? <laughs> And I will say this from a continuity perspective, from a world building perspective, uh-huh. from a lore perspective. The only thing about this movie that's not realistic is that the animals talk to each other. Yeah. Physics exists in this freaking movie, <laughs> except for this moment. Because you, you want you make to make the point across the Eggers now going it's, to bunk two. And like even the guys who pick it up should notice be like, this is a lot heavier than it should be. Yes. And why is he rocking back and forth and there's a person yelling? Why do I hear a voice in here? It's not like Edgar got knocked out. Yeah. He literally got tumbled into it. Yes. The 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 case rolled and now it's locked. I get that. Oh, this is just supposed to be funny. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> logistics, people. Logistics, you know. This is what gets me. Well, I, I, I can I can I can logistics. I can see the point where like maybe like they, they weren't like checking everything because there again, Walton is the only died like a couple of years and, prior to this. And admittedly you get to this point, you need a quick ending. Yeah. I get, that. I agree. And that's probably it. That's probably all it was, but it's just like, eh, okay, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. The movie's over. Yeah. We get to see everybody wants to be a cat again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somehow the dogs from three, from 20 miles away can hear, hear the song. <laughs> no, that was just the funny joke. Yes, it is. Moving a funny on. Joke. Moving on. So, yeah, that's, that's my number three. Now, I'm going to sit here on my dislike. I have to put a small disclaimer mm. on it. I have not been in love. Okay. I have not had a girlfriend. Okay. I do not know how fast romance actually can occur. Mm. All I have to go off of are, car- are stories, are romance stories, mm-hmm. where I automatically put a have to t- automatically take with a grain of salt because they are a little fantastical in nature by their very nature of yes. what they are. Mm-hmm. But man, is this the fastest love story with no sign of romance between the two main characters? That is so there true. There is nothing well, I there, saw. There's, there's a little bit. Dutch, oh, there is stuff. It takes a while to get to it. Yeah. And it mostly is just like, it happens. Yeah. Now, granted, 
duchess is worried about her kittens she's taking care of her kids she's being a good mother yeah and yeah o'malley's really fits into the father role pretty quickly and pretty easily agreed almost like he's the cat for the job yeah granted but until the scene where o'malley asks her to go with him yeah and at the top of his pad I saw nothing in that relationship that made it think more like I'm a nice guy who's he, he, he's attracted to Duchess at the beginning, but of course. the cats, kittens are there. It's like, oh yeah, this is yeah, this is I have a different tactic. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's just like I don't see longing looks. I don't see any of the normal things. Okay, even if that's not how our, these relationships are always going to go. Mm-hmm. I get that, you know, different relationships happen differently. Exactly. You're still, still need to, if in a, you have an hour and a half movie, I think the movie is an hour and a half. Yeah. It's roughly an hour and a half. You've got to, and, and uh, they don't get thrown out to the wilderness until about half hour into the movie. Yeah. You have an hour mm-hmm. in which these two characters, Duchess and O'Malley mm-hmm. need to fall in love. Yeah. And there is nothing, even in their introduction, that outside of you know, O'Malley is obviously in love with her, but it's and Duchess is kind of being flirty. It's, it's it's more flirty. Yeah, it, they're very much they're both flirting at the very beginning. Yeah, but there's not a point I felt in the whole thing until they're on his pad where it's like, oh yes, I really like you. I wouldn't mind spending all my time with you. I'm tempted to stay here, but I've got to go back to Madame. Mm. Blah 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 blah. That's mm. like. I'm not seeing how these two characters are in love because nothing really told me that it was anything more than casual flirtation. Yeah. That anyone would be doing at this time. That is true. You, know, now, you, 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 you take the examples of Anna and Kristoff from I'm Frozen. looking at Robin Hood and Maid Marian. That is so true. After this. Or, uh, Crap, Mowgli and the native girl at the end of Jungle Book. Oh my gosh. Boy, yeah. that hits you right there that he's infatuated. Oh yeah. There is nothing of that other than oh, and she's infatuated with him too. Yeah, that is true. All we they get in this is girl. is uh, O'Malley is flirting and Duchess te- kind of is flirting back, but for the most part she's just being Duchess. Yeah. She's not really there, there's, there's differently really no than chemistry she built. There's, there's no there's, The only th- when, when Duchess is a, it talks to every, anyone but her kittens, she acts the same way. And it's the same way she acts like to O'Malley. Yeah. Now she's more loving to her kittens because they're her kittens. I get that. Exactly. But there's nothing that gives me the idea of romantic love between the two, much less anything deeper than even flirtatious. Agreed. I, I, so, I, I totally see your point. I do. Yeah. It's, it feels like it's like we know that we want, we want these characters to get together and. And, and we want him to join the family. So for that, we, he needs to fall in love. Where are we going to work that into the story? Well, the only slow part of the film, or slow enough in mm-hmm. terms of plot for us to put this in, is right after everybody wants to be a cat because that's our nighttime scene. Then it's true. What what they, I'm not trying to say be like they did a bad job with this film. They no, didn't. It's a very good film. But it's if, just, this is one of the things I feel they tripped on. Yeah, I would if if they would have put in like a moment where it would have been o'malley and duchess like like having this romantic scene together and there's like a like a romantic song playing in the background that would emphasize this even more i don't it would have been more believable i don't even need that much i need a couple of looks every now and then yeah that's all i want yeah 
granted they just met so you don't get the robin hood made marion thing right where oh yeah it's by legend you know they're they're in love with each other mm-hmm. they've always been in love with right. each other you don't get that obviously right but you get nothing you don't get good not i need bedroom eyes true for lack of a better term i need i need them to give bedroom eyes at some point <laughs> before they're on top of that they're on top of his path yeah because it's not give re- me something that's like Especially as many times as he saved Marie. Yeah. There should be some point where she is nice to him in a way that gives the idea that maybe she's falling for him. Mm-hmm. But they don't ever do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I even think, be like, I, I read something or I heard something earlier today where, like, I think it was in the original script or it's implied that Marie has the, you know, is the, has the goo goo eyes or the, uh, the, uh, the puppy dog love for o- O'Malley, which that would be like, if you've been around teenage Duchess, uh, not Duchess, uh, Marie's the kitten. Yeah. Marie's the kitten. Marie, That's Ma- even worse. Yeah. Well be like, have, have you been around young girls and be like young girls yes, and be like, but, and the older guys is like, Ooh, they're, Oh, he's a, yes, tr- he's interesting, but, but mm. they, they don't imply that. Well, they kind of imply it away, but it's just like, nah, either or. I, I thought I would bring that up because I was Lady, like, that's interesting. Just saying Lady and the Tramp did a romance better than this, but exactly. then Lady and the Tramp was an actual love story. I think when you get right down to it, this is the problem I I really have with this film as a general dislike, mm-hmm. which is not the dislike. Well, this is the dislike we're talking about. Yes. But I can't tell what type of film this is supposed to be other than a kid's, kids cartoon. Yeah. It's not an adventure. Even though they go on an adventure, it really isn't an adventure. It's not a love story, even mm-hmm. though characters fall in love. Yeah. It's not really a comedy, even though they're comedic moments. Yeah. It's obviously not tragedy because the mo- the tragic thing in here is is the thing that starts the adventure of them yeah. going back to Madame. What kind of movie is this supposed to be? Granted, the film is a good movie. Yeah, agree. Do not get me wrong. I enjoyed the film. But looking at it critically, yeah, it feels like they didn't know what the movie was supposed to be, possibly. Because you look at at uh, Jungle Book before this, obviously a adventure story. Yes, it's written like an adventure story. It's played like an adventure story. You look at I hate, I hate keep going to these same three films, but they're like right here next to each other. They are. It's the same creative team, mm-hmm. and like I said, this is the one that does it the worst. Uh, Robin Hood. Does this is obviously an adventure story. Mm-hmm. It's got enough. It's also a love story because mm-hmm. you have to get that stuff in there because True. of the legend. It does all of this stuff in there. It knows what the film is. What is the Aristocats? You say the Aristocats to anybody. What is the only thing they will ever say? Everybody wants to be a cat. Exactly. It's that that's one not song. bad. That no. is not bad. But no, the reason. Not. That that's the only memorable thing about this film. Yeah. To anybody who only watched it once or twice. Granted, if you had the VHS and you wore it out because you liked cats as a child, different story. Yeah. You would have more nostalgia for this. I only saw this film. This is the first time I've seen the film outside of the couple of scenes I saw in that uh, sing-along songs VHS. I did not know what this film was going into it other than I kind of knew the cats are rich. The the and the 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 old woman is le- is putting them in their will over the over the uh, butler. The butler. 
that's an interesting premise, and you could have done a lot with that to get them on an adventure, but yeah. you didn't go anywhere with it. Hmm. Honestly, a lot of that stuff in the beginning, in that first half hour, mm-hmm. them showing that Berlioz was could play, Toulouse could do art, and Marie could, could sing. sing. I have some other logistical issues with that, but I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> That's all unnecessary information. That song, Arpeggios and Scales, or Scales and Arpeggios, yeah. uh-huh. I don't remember the name of it, does nothing for the story. The, the, the old, it's the, a moment. Uh-huh. It tells you how rich and pampered these pets are. Yeah. At the same time, we also know that these cats cannot be understood by humans. Mm-hmm. What is Madame and Edgar hearing while they're practicing? A cat jumping up and down on the piano, another cat wallering, and why is this other cat always got paint on him? <laughs> I, I would, I would, I would say this in defense of that because I believe. I mean, when... if, if you go more cartoony with it, it's fine. It yeah. makes sense. But like we said earlier, with the, Edgar getting locked in the trunk, there's some serious physics that are supposed to be in this film. Yeah. Because that's how what they show. Because everyone acts like they normally would. Yeah. When between the humans and the animals and vice versa. Right. Why is it in just these couple moments where it's like, oh yeah, it's a cartoon. We're going to be doing cartoon things. Yeah, agreed. I I I I, I want to go to the film's film's defense on this. That's fine. Because when you have, I, I, I am the... I am getting very nitpicky. With oh yeah, completely please, agree. Completely agree. The the scene where uh, the Duchess is uh, not Duchess the the cat Marie Marie thank you Marie the kitten no the the mama cat Duchess Duchess thank you let's get all this clear I, I understand you confusing the white cats yes they are white cats <laughs> they're both white One, cats one's little one's a cat uh, so Duchess is be like teaching her children be like oh you know do this this whole cute little scene between the four of them right it's cute Don't it's get me cute wrong. but also it kind of pays off in a way towards the end where you get into everybody wants to be a cat it's like oh i didn't know you guys would sing i didn't know you could play music so they they kind of set it, that up it works the, but, it does work but at the same time you could still have all that happen without that at the beginning you could because it's especially if well, this is the era of the disney musical where they have a grand total of four songs and only one of them is worth hearing again. True. It's not like, because, you know, admittedly, we grew up in the renaissance of Lion King, um, Mermaid, Mermaid uh, Beauty and the Beast, Beast. Aladdin, po- Aladdin, Pocahontas, where you have seven really good songs. Yeah. To the point where the fact that there are bad songs doesn't even cross your mind. But this is the era where we have one good song that anyone's going to remember. Yeah. And oh yeah, there are three other songs mm-hmm. that just aren't as catchy. You, yeah, you just which don't is not them. the Sherman Brothers' fault. Don't no. get me wrong; even though they wrote a lot of these, it's just you could only do so much on the on the factory line there that these films did seem to be made on. Anyway, we need to move on on unless you got something else. To no, add, I, we are like we're getting we're going long. We we are going long, but it's always good like when we can dissect a film, yeah. and just go deep into it and understand like there's a lot of people who really really enjoy this film, right? But We've always been like this. Mm-hmm. If there's, we, we don't, we, we're not fair to films. No, we're not. We will talk about what bugs us. And admittedly, I want to be perfectly clear. Almost every single dislike I have talked about, mm-hmm. with the exception of Edgar. Yeah. 
I wasn't thinking about when I watched the film. I thought about it afterwards when it's like, okay, I need to come up with dislikes. Mm-hmm. And it's just these logical inconsistencies that pop up in my head. It's like, well, this is not much of a love story. It's not much of an adventure story. It's not much of a comedy. It's not really a drama. Mm-hmm. What is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't think the writers know. Mm. And that's a problem. All right. So how are we going to rate this? You go first. Believe it or not, after everything I just said, <laughs> 7.5. 7.5. It's a good film. It's enjoyable. I'm knocking it a little bit because, like like I said, it's kind of a dull story mm-hmm. because it doesn't know what it is. And Edgar is just disappointing as a villain. If you, you get a better villain in there, easy eight. But the villain really does what is what hurts yeah, it, agreed. I think, in this one. Agreed. Um it's yeah, it's it's a seven point five. It's a fun movie. If you got kids and you want and you, you like cats, <laughs> definite buy. Give it a watch. It's a good classic Disney film. It's just Agreed. a middling Disney film. Agreed. Bear in mind, this is Disney. Pre uh th- there are very few bad Disney films. Agreed. Very few. It's not a level of quality of Pixar. True. But Disney films do tend to be at least halfway decent until like the 2000s, where there's definitely some questionable things. True. All right. So I will give this movie also a 7.5. Be like, it's done very well. There's a lot of problems when it comes to, there's some pacing issues. There's more, uh, it's, I'm not going to be like it doesn't know what it wants to be because it's using different elements and it's not queuing in on one. Mm-hmm. Like you would go with uh, 101 Dalmatians is obviously an adventure film. Yes. Where this movie doesn't really know what it is. So it's not really. It wants to be 101 Dalmatians. Yes. But exactly. it wanted to be a calmer film than 101 Dalmatians. Exactly. Was. Exactly. Mostly because 101 Dalmatians was probably budgeting wise an animation nightmare. Mm hmm. All the spots, all the spots. Yeah. So yeah, be like it's 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 a great film. Well, that was one of the other trivia things I remember reading. Uh, the director of this film mm-hmm. originally wanted O'Malley to be a striped tabby cat mm-hmm. until he had to animate Shere Khan and or had to keep do that for Jungle Book and found oh. out how hard striped animals are to animate. I can imagine. So he made him a straight orange cat. That makes sense to alleviate the pressure. Just an orange tabby. <laughs> He's not a tabby because he doesn't have stripes. He's just oh, okay. an orange that's, cat. Okay, that's what tabby means, stripe. Well, it's not exactly, but most tabby cats are striped. Oh, okay. So either or. Be like, yeah, it's a great film. It's got problems. Uh, I would recommend it. Yes, it's very much a product of its time. Uh, but it's overall, it's an enjoyable film. It has its problems. Like, we just nitpick this movie to death, uh, which is always fun. Yeah, um, I hope you people appreciate it and don't just hate us for yeah. tearing a movie apart. That's like, oh my gosh, your childhood! I can't believe you just you know tore apart my I've, favorite I've, film. I've listened to plenty of podcasts where they reviewed a movie from my childhood and they tore it apart, and I'm going, "You're missing the point," which is why I try to point out, it's like, I know this isn't the point. It's yes. just what I focused on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, be like, it's enjoyable. It's got problems, but I still be like, it's still a very enjoyable. Yeah, movie. yeah. It's, uh, it's it's not like we didn't just dumpster fire it and put it in the you know threes yes but what did you rate it i didn't hear enough uh, 7.3 7.5 7.5 7. 5. we're in we're in agreement at 7.5 yes 
Which brings us to the end of this film, which means I need to ask a trivia question about mm-hmm. the next one. Our next film is going to be Rise of the Guardians from 2012. Hmm. In that film, the Easter Bunny mentions that Jack Frost caused a blizzard on Easter Sunday of what year that is actually a reference to an actual event. Oh, it's been a while since I've watched this film. I don't remember. That's the trivia question for next week. Mm. Uh, and the masters of the universe. So today we are reviewing uh, Tangled, Tangled the series as not the name of the show anymore. Oh, it's one of the titles. It is one of the titles. Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, season, season two, two, episode nine and episode ten. But episode nine is called King Pascal. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Tom Caulfield and written by Kelly Hannon. Synopsis is the group gets stranded on the on an island after a storm. The tiny tiny islanders, the Lorbs, mistake Pascal for their mystical ruler. The chameleon loves the adulation until he is expected to protect his people from a vicious monster. The guest cast for this includes uh I did this weird. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Flula Borg played Alphonse. Okay. Russy Taylor was Florina, and Richard Stephen Horvitz was Jorn. Mm. Uh, trivia for this, uh, Rapunzel, Eugene, and Cassandra wear new outfits in this episode. In addition, Eugene and Cassandra go barefoot as well. Okay. Rapunzel's birthday lanterns are revealed to have floated onto the island following their annual release. That's a lot of lanyards. It is. And the Lorbs speak with a German-sounding accent. Uh, Flula Borg, who voices Alphonse, was actually born in Erlangen, Germany. Really? Yeah. So, Jacob, what are your thoughts on this episode? <laughs> oh, this is this is an arc where they get stuck in a place again. <laughs> and we don't even get any clue this is where we were going until you turn this episode on. And, oh, Adventures on the High Seas. That's a different episode. Yes. But <laughs> uh, the... It's it's one it's there again. It's one of these character driven stories. It's all about Pascal, and be like, who's not the love about Pascal? Pascal's an amazing little character, even though he doesn't talk, but he's very much a, a vital part of this team or a vital part of this adventure. Where Pascal is be like he is feel he is being left out. He's being forgotten mm-hmm. because he's so small. Kind of like if you're like a small child or you're not the the strongest one in the bunch. And so everyone kind of just be like, you know, make sure, be like, just make sure you're okay. When yeah. They obviously do care about Pascal. Pascal feels he's just being left out because he's not big and strong or tall like everybody else is. Right. So uh, I love it where 
the what do you call these creatures again? The lorbs. Yeah, the lorbs. Yeah, the lorbs are the leafmen. Um. Yeah, it's just be like when it's be like it's Pascal. He gets a he gets a little bit of a a bigger head mm-hmm. or bigger scales, you might call it. When he gets all this adoration from the lorbs and. They're like, oh, you're you're our you are a hero. Yeah, hero. I mean, like this he's is a bad German accent. Very bad <laughs> German accent. That's uh, more like this, <laughs> but either way. Well, I was going for the stereotypical. This is even sound like that anymore. <laughs> That's more I'm like Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our Scottish and German friends out there. <laughs> you laugh. This is how my. This is how my. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne turned into Liverpool. Yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, I just enjoy the episode. I mean, like it's got the 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 typical point where the guys are trying to ma- you know one up one another, and uh, it's just hijinks ensues, and the girls are just be like they do everything to get going, and uh, it's a fun episode. It's it's where the lores think they'd be like, oh, they've got the the floofin. How did they pronounce the the? Don't get me <laughs> lying. We we already know how my German accent goes in this. <laughs> the flurging flugen. Yeah, flurging flugen. I don't know what you said. Flurging flugen. Now I'm starting to sound like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Yeah, it's wrong it, show. Yeah, wrong show. Wrong show. We'll eventually get back to another uh, Muppet Muppets show. Muppets is coming up pretty quick, actually. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this the show. It's it's got the usual hijinks. It's got the usual uh, character needs to learn you know learn something about themselves, and it's just a good episode. It'd be like I don't think Shorty like Shorty plays like like one minor scene where no, that's not even that episode. That's the next episode. Yeah, Shorty's like. He's in here, but he's in the background. Doesn't do anything. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. That's the next episode where he's. No, we're, he, we're, we're, the funniest part of this is seeing the ants carrying the the guys' first shelter away. Yeah, that was hilarious. And then, yeah, Shorty does one thing. Be like, he cuts down the tree and knocks out the second. The second. Yeah, the that's second. what he does. Yeah, that's the, the one thing he does throughout this entire episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. I really enjoy. Be like, I enjoy it. It's one of those okay. We're on a we're on a side quest in a way, and then it's just um, yeah. I really enjoyed. That's all I got to say on this. <laughs> okay, uh, this was a fun episode. I thought I I liked the uh, the idea behind it. How you know Pascal? I, I, I've we've seen this like in thousands of different things before, where someone happens to look like something on that was drawn on a wall years ago. So now the locals think that they're the ruler and so we've seen that but i've seen at least i've seen that before at least on a hundred different things mm. and i i like how you know they're even saying oh yeah we can't tell them uh what he's actually expected to do otherwise they oh, won't do yeah. it mm-hmm. which was fun it was it was like i still don't entirely get how they defeated the uh I keep wanting to say the fire ant, but it wasn't a fire ant. It was something. It's like a dragonfly, or so. It was, it was a firefly. Firefly. That's, That's what, what they call firefly. it. It was a firefly. I still don't know how the weeds cooled off the firefly. Yeah. But I thought that was at least uh, a nice little pun for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable. I had a good time with it, and yeah, it was a fun episode. It's a fun episode, and it, and it was nice to see, you know. 
Pascal gets some more characterization, even though he didn't grow as much as a character like he did in that first season episode yeah. uh, that he was in, which I can't remember the name of. Pascal's story. Or yeah, Pascal's like story. That. that was a good episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Yeah. Episode 10, There's Something About Hookfoot, mm. directed by Stephen Sandoval and written by Jeremy Shipp. Synopsis is, the group have recently begun to notice a change in Hookfoot's behavior and discover he has developed romantic feelings for a mermaid named Serafina, but is nervous about his upcoming first date with her. Rapunzel and Eugene attempt to help Hookfoot by offering him advice, but realize he has, he has ha- but realize they have a difference in opinion on how Hookfoot should behave. Eventually, Hookfoot and Serafina's first date arrives, and despite a rocky upstart, Hookfoot and Serafina grow closer and fall in love. However, water goblins suddenly appear from the ocean and are after Serafina, who is revealed to be a thief after stealing a priceless, delicate pearl. Serafina and Hookfoot attempt to run away together, but in the end, Serafina willingly surrenders herself to, to save Hookfoot and his friends. Uh, guest cast, we've got Katie Mixon playing Serafina mm-hmm. and D. Bradley Baker as water goblins. Huh. Uh, trivia for this, the title is a reference to the 1998 comedy film There's Something About Mary. Uh, Rapunzel does the narration in this episode. Mm-hmm. One of the few times we actually just get narration. True. Uh, the episode noticeably begins in media res, or in the me- middle of things, before starting over from the beginning. And Eugene makes a reference to him being a vault in regards to keeping secrets. Which he's terrible at. not a vault. He's a very leaky vault. Yeah. But he mentioned that originally in the episode, What the Hair? Yeah. The first episode. Yes. So, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, my gosh. Like, we don't get a whole lot of uh, hookfoot-centered stories. Unfortunately, no. No. And, spoiler alert to Little Larry, he doesn't get past the season no he doesn't at least from what i know right i know he does make it he does make appearances in the next season right but i mean he he, he leaves the group about two-thirds the way through this season yeah uh i really enjoy it there again we do get more hook foot and like he gets a girlfriend or a mermaid girlfriend <laughs> and like he he falls for another thief and it's like that kind of makes sense and it, it's it's weird because the the dynamic in this this episode is so odd because you have what like once you realize that um our our, uh, our lady friend uh what's her name again Serafina Serafina there again I am terrible with names Serafina well admittedly you don't have it in the notes in front of you no I don't. Uh, so, so we, when we when, like when all of our characters learn that Seraphia is actually the thief, she's the one who stole it. Mm-hmm. But they're still coming to her defense. It's not be like, oh, you're the one who did this. But it's more they're more out of Hookfoot's uh, his his love for for this this uh, for Seraphina. Yeah, and that's just be like. Okay, it's more the the Hollywood idea that you fall in love with someone like the first day you meet. It's that love at first sight thing. Yeah. I think to some degree that can happen. It can. It's just not as... That's uh, the word I'm looking for. It's not as... Uh, frequent? Frequent as Hollywood makes it out to be. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the, 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 the back and forth between Eugene and... Uh, 
Rapunzel. Rapunzel. I want to call Cassandra, but no, it's Rapunzel. Uh, the for once it was it was Eugene and Rapunzel who were at odds with each other. Not not Cassandra and Eugene. Yes. Uh, but it's just like they're 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 different advice when it comes to you know. Uh, be yourself. I'll be a gentleman. That kind of stuff. That that mm-hmm. that contrast of different ideas, and and to me, it'd be like it's there, there's a lot of where you have this free spirit and uh, Rapunzel, and it's just be like, oh, just be yourself and just let loose and just you know, and that's true. Be like, yeah, just be you know, be yourself to an extent. Yeah, don't don't be the uh, don't be a slob. <laughs> don't 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 be a slob to your to your to your date. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like it's it's this it's this funny contrast where these two are trying to they're trying to give good advice, but at the same time they're contrasting each other the entire time. Yeah, which is hysterical. Um, which I I agree in a certain part of. Rapunzel's things like be yourself, which is always very it's very appropriate to be yourself. Don't be don't fake it. Uh just be yourself. And I think but throughout the the date in between the 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 constant banter between Rapunzel and Eugene, mm-hmm. it's just be yourself and just try to be open about things and not try to conform to what everyone thinks you should be. And uh I think this is what women in general like about guys is just like you gotta be yourself and not this facade of what you know you're you're supposed to be as a guy and i think so what what if you're in a relationship with a woman it's just be like be yourself and they they, they find that more attractive than anything else right um yeah i, just, I find the it's it's funny that um uh our our main lady friend is uh, the the actually the um, the uh, antagonist of the show, but not really. It, She's it's, she isn't the antagonist. I would say because technically the gob the water goblins are the antagonists. But the thing is, they're in the right. Yeah, they are in the to right to come after her mm-hmm. because she did steal that pearl from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the difference is, I think, at least as. And she really did fall in love with Hookfoot. Yeah. We, we know that from the story. Right. Uh, so I think maybe she had kind of turned a leaf, but was kind of stuck and still needed to, uh, you know, pay the consequences of her actions. Agreed. But the thing that gets me most is at the very end. Now, earlier, there's a part where a Hookfoot picks up a, a mermaid's tear on the shore. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of berates him for thinking that'd be a good gift to give to her. It's like, yeah. It's a mermaid tear. It comes from mermaids Maze. when they cry. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, okay, never mind." But then you get to the end of the episode, and Hookfoot's feeling, you know, distraught. Mm-hmm. But with every uh, crash of the wave on the shoreline, mm-hmm. you see tons and tons of mermaids tears. Yeah. And you know they're all from Serafina because she wants to be with the person he she loves. Yeah. But she can't, yeah, because agreed. she's got to pay for her crimes. Absolutely. Uh, one of, one of the down one of the downbeats of this episode is the the general like not general advice that uh, Rapunzel's giving, 
but it's the, this general idea that just follow your heart. Be like, because your heart. Well, this is kind of a normal world thing because they don't realize that the heart is a creator of idols and will lead you astray faster than anything else. Oh, agreed. I completely agree. This is a normal thing in the Western world. Agreed. Otherwise, in some parts of the world, your stomach. (laughs) Well, the heart is the seed of the emotions here in the West. True. Some other places, it's the kidney. Mm Mm-hmm. Some other places, it's the lungs. Mm-hmm. You know what it was in the Bible? Uh, I think it's your stomach. The bowels. The bowels, that's right. That's your. And b- to quote a comedian, because I kind of am stealing all this from a comedian <laughs> that I'm thinking of right now. I think it was Mark Lowry. He says, that'd ruin a couple of lo- love songs, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Don't break my bowels, my achy, breaky bowels. bowels. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's very much this Western idea that be like, oh, just follow your heart. Be like, because your heart's going to tell you the right thing. And no, it like, won't. No, it won't. It'll lead you down the wrong It'll lead path. you astray. Now, that being said, the heart, no, can't, can't, you got to be careful with it. Mm-hmm. But because it is, it is strong. That's why you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to train your heart and your mind mm-hmm. to work in tandem. Yeah. Because both by themselves will be pretty bad. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So I just thought I would bring that up. It's, it's very much a, you know, a modern Western mm-hmm. worldly thing. But uh, overall, it was an enjoyable episode. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, digging into more of this season. All right. Well, then join us next time uh, where we'll do the next two episodes of Ta- uh, Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, along with uh, reviewing Legends of the Guardians and... Uh, We'll see you then. But in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Boom. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L.
I'm the leader, and I say this show is over when I say it's over. Okay. It's over. Okay. <laughs>